When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Brought to you by North Memorial Health, where customers are treated like family. That means a big smile when you walk in the door and making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. Just like your family treats you, find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. I think we got to improve our offensive line. Um, you know, with Kirk Cousins being back there, uh, giving him a chance to throw the ball, giving him more time, really will give him more uh, confidence and give our receivers more of a chance to get open. But also, it helps with the running game because when you have a dominant offensive line, it's me being a used to being a pass rusher. I know when you got a dominant offensive line, it really slows you down because. You're afraid of what those guys can do by pushing the defense line off the ball. But I look for our offensive line to improve this year, and I look for us to go into the playoffs. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing us play better and looking forward to us to have a successful 2019 season. That's former Viking John Randall on the NFL Network. This is Purple Daily, the only place you get Vikings and NFL talk five days a week, Monday through Friday at noon on Score North on 1500scorenorth.com and streaming live at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. If you want to get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or you can tweet us at Score North. Coming up on the show today, continue our tour around the NFC North. Judd, I know you were very much looking forward to Gary Ellerson, former Packers running back and former Rami's co-host joining us at 1240. Absolutely was. Gary yes. had a meeting. Oh. It'll be Bart Winkler from The Fan in Milwaukee, What's their Gary, morning show What's host. he meeting about? He uh, He's meeting with the boss. I don't know. Maybe Uh-oh. maybe uh, Hope everything's okay. Back maybe, Gary, maybe Gary won't be somebody we can go to for Packers insight in the future. Or, <laughs> or perhaps he'll appear all the time. <laughs> and we can get a deal for Gary. He might be looking for a job. Yeah, he might have a yeah. new teammate here. It's <laughs> No, I'm kidding. He's going to keep his job. Actually, I happen to know he just got an extension. But that's besides the point. We'll talk with Bart coming up at 1240. And uh, Bart always, just like Gary, he he gives it to you straight when it comes to Wisconsin teams. He's not going to sugarcoat it. So if Bart didn't like the draft or anything else about the Green Bay Packers, he'll let us know coming up at 1240. And then uh, tomorrow we'll wrap it up and uh, talk to somebody from Chicago. But want to start the show off today, Judd, with, with a question that you had for me before the show, and that is, what about the Vikings 2019 schedule do you think changed yes. because of the draft? And you're not necessarily, it could be a win that you had that you're now changing to a loss or a loss you're now changing to a win, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It could be a storyline. It could be yeah. anything that's changed about the 2019 Vikings schedule because of the NFL draft. And I want you to go first, but there is one thing I'm going to bring up that I'm becoming more and more convinced is going to to happen in the 2019 Vikings schedule because of the draft, and I'm extremely disappointed by it. Which is? Well, you go first, okay, and then I'll bring up mine because this is uh, this is just something that selfishly I was looking forward to that I think now is not going to uh, occur. But what is one thing that changed? At least one, if not two, things that changed for you when you looked at the um, the twenty nineteen schedule. Now with the draft done, first thing is I look at week eleven, mm-hmm. and they host the Broncos in a noon game, and I know the Broncos went out and got Joe Flacco this off season. I don't have a lot of faith in Joe Flacco at this stage in his career, and they went out and drafted a quarterback in Drew Locke. I think it was in the second round, or was it the third round? Let me double-check and make sure. Second right. round. Second round. Yeah, they yeah. traded up to number 42 overall to get Drew Locke, and 
I don't think they did that and used the resources. They traded 52 and 125 and 182 Mm -hmm. to move up 10 spots and grab Drew Locke. And I don't think they did that so that he can sit and watch Joe Flacco be mediocre at best for an entire season. I think Drew Locke is a starting quarterback for the Broncos before Week 11. And I think this is going to be a better Broncos team than what we thought before the draft because I really like what they did in the draft. First round, they go and get a guy we heard a lot about here in Minnesota, tight end Noah Fant from from Iowa, who a lot of people think is the next great tight end coming to the NFL, the next Zach Ertz, Jimmy Graham. I won't go as far as Rob Gronkowski because he may be the greatest ever, but in that in that class of guys as far as tight ends go. Second round, they got another guy who we heard a lot about here in Minnesota, Dalton Risner, the guard slash center out of Kansas State. I think he immediately improves their offensive line. Then, like I said, they got Locke in the second round. Draymond Jones, defensive tackle from Ohio State in the third round. After that, they didn't pick again until the fifth, so we talk about it all the time. After the third, fourth round, it's right. really more of a crapshoot than even the first four rounds are. But I really think they improved themselves, and that's a potential loss. I had Whoa, it, I, Oh, you're changing a prediction. Potential. Oh, I wasn't going to go that far. I had it. I had it as a win. Whoa. I had it as a win when we first did it. I look at. I look at the improvement that they made in the you're draft. Re, you're remocking the mock schedule now. I might be. I might Man, be I taking. I might be taking I, a win I, off the board I, I for the Vikings. See that coming? And I only all. had them at nine and seven. Yeah, well, you so just dropped I'm, them to five hundred. I think I might have just dropped them to five hundred. Do, do I need to sound like the panic alarm already? And I think. For Rami? I mean, and I think <laughs> this is Judd like. Yes, this is doom and gloom. And I think. Wow. We talked about a couple of teams on the Viking schedule. People who, are being fired now because of you. <laughs> they are. Well, I did predict that Gary Kubiak would be the coach before the end of the season, so all my predictions are kind of falling hand in hand. But we talked when we went over the schedule when it first came out, and we talked about some teams on the schedule early on who we thought the the Vikings were lucky to get early on because they're going to get better as the season goes, like the Raiders, like the the Eagles, maybe even the Packers with a new head coach as they sort of find their rhythm and 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 you know all jive together. Mm-hmm. I think you can say the opposite about the Denver Broncos. I think that A, Joe Flacco is not good. Uh so they'll get off to a rough start and B, it's they got some a lot of young talent other than Drew Locke on on that side of the football that I expect to get better as the season goes on. And then when Drew Locke gets in there, I expect an improvement at the quarterback position. So, I think getting him in week 11 is probably the worst thing that can happen for the Vikings when it comes to a Broncos matchup, and I'm, I may be changing that from a win to a loss. I just had a prediction. You go all doom and gloom. <laughs> Sorry. My good, I did not. You asked me a question. No, I, I know you, you an answered answer. You answered it thoroughly I as can be. Answer. Wow, so now you expect the Broncos to be good? You expect them to come here to U.S. Bank Stadium and win? And I, Drew expect Locke him, I expect them to get better. Beat the Vikings defense? I expect them to get better by as the, way, the season goes. By the way, it has become, in, in the past two days on the show, abundantly clear. And you've, you've broached it. I feel like you've gone to the edge of the cliff, uh-huh. but not set it. It's become abundantly clear to me that you do not think that this this Vikings defense is going to get back to its status of two years ago. I don't think so. But I mean, you've you've talked about it needs to, and and it's really clear now to me that you don't think that that's the, going the to happen. The only way it can is which, if, which by the way, is pretty much a death knell. If you, I feel like you're saying, oh, they might be pretty good, but they ain't going to be that good. The only way that that defense can get back to that form is if Mike Zimmer really shakes things up and he has some sort of ace up his sleeve that we haven't seen when it comes to scheming and calling plays for a defense. Because I don't see a lot of room for improvement from within on that defense. Do you see a lot of guys on that that side of the ball who are still so young where you go, that guy still, he hasn't reached his Weatherly, Weatherly took another Weatherly, step maybe. last year, and, and I could see that. And, and I could Daniel see, Hunter. And I could see between Hunter. Daniel Hunter's a and freak Weatherly. already. I don't know how much more improvement he can, he can I could see those guys. He's only 24, I could though. see those, I mean, guys, those two guys, though, making Griffin's success not as important. I think we're too hyper-focused on Griffin and him bouncing back, which he might not do. But I think your defensive ends are still pretty good. This also goes back to what we discussed yesterday, which is how are you going to use Barr? Zimmer's a smart guy. He's going to come up with different ideas for Barr, and that's going to be incredibly important. So I do see some components of, of this defense that 
certainly have the ability to improve. And, and I think we might be too fixated on a few of the ones that aren't going to or don't. But I can just tell from your tone the past two days, you ain't buying what I'm selling. I don't. I mean, you lost Richard, you know, you lost Sheldon Richardson and did not replace him. Everson Griffin is 30, and but, we already saw a drop-off in his production. But keep in mind, Sheldon was not part of that defense two years ago. He just came in for one year, and, you and still, they didn't make the playoffs. And they still took a step back. Yeah, He came in and improved the position, and you still took a step back. Now you lost him. Everson Griffin isn't getting younger, and we saw a drop-off in his production last year. Xavier Rhodes isn't getting younger. We saw a drop-off in his production next year. And yeah, there might be a slight room for slight improvement with some of these guys that you're talking about, but Daniel Hunter is already a top five pass rusher in this league. You could argue. How much better do you do you really think? It's he's Weatherly, get? I think, who ultimately probably replaces Griffin, and, and he actually replaces Hunter because I could see Hunter going go over to from left side. to right end. Gr- uh, Griffin not playing as much. Weatherly than playing left end, but you. You might be right here, but, but I'm not I think, guaranteeing it. But I think to me, it's it's. I mean, I think this defense is going to be good. Are they going to be as good as they were in 2017? I mean, they were pretty much number one statistically across the board in 2017. So I don't, I don't know if any. We, I don't think we see that repeat in any defense in the NFL, even even the great ones over time. To me, the biggest key for this team is going to be what they do offensively. Is the improvements that they make offensively. Because the defense can still be good in twenty in twenty nineteen, and if the offense doesn't show any improvement at all from last year, because because that was the real weak spot of this team, if the offense doesn't show any improvement, then it's not going to matter how well, good the defense is. Don't forget the, the the defense through the first quarter of the season didn't help you, and right? That, and that was a big deal, and statistically that hurt them through game sixteen. But. With what's being said here, Rami, I'm hearing you basically, you don't think, in my opinion, from what you're saying, that either side of that ball is going to prop them up enough to be really good. I think the offense can be slightly improved, but not enough. But that's to, not going to save them. Not enough to make up for the drop off in the defense right. that we've seen since 2017. That I think will continue this year. I don't think they'll be, I'm not saying they'll be a bad defense. They'll be a top 10 defense, but you need them to be top five if, if you're going to, if you're going to be in the Super Bowl discussion. Because the offense isn't isn't making up enough ground for this team to be a Super Bowl contender without a top five defense. When they added Kirk Cousins, they added Kirk Cousins to what they thought was already a Super Bowl caliber defense, and the defense took a step back. And I don't think Cousins in the offense can do enough to to compensate for that. I just don't. I th- I still think this is a Super Bowl caliber defense, but again, it's just gonna you just they need the offense to be better, like significantly better than what it was in 2018. Like I can, I think that they can survive if the if they're the seventh best defense in the NFL in 2019. That's fine to me because to me, I'm looking at the quarterback, the offensive line, more weapons for the for the quarterback. That's that's what I'm. That's where I'm looking at as far as the huge improvement. That's what needs to huge greatly improve. Gonna, huge improvement, though, and I don't not, think that that's very likely. Huge improvements not coming. And and the the fact is that if Rami's right, this team sunk because this team's built on defense. Mm-hmm. That keep in mind when they got Cousins, it was to take a tick up offensively. It was never to be outstanding. If Rami's right, they're done. Like he, they're, they're just done. They can't. They can't possibly. As Collar keeps talking about, they can't make up those points offensively. This offense is supposed to be good. It was never supposed to, to be great. The offensive line was a disaster that they have just now decided to acknowledge. Like uh, like a little kid who finally cleans his or her room and it might be too damn late. And so, you know what? So this is, this is not about taking a step up offensively and being really good. And if Rami's prediction is right about this defense, then the whole thing's just going to collapse onto itself. And the problem, and, and the problem, they paint, they painted themselves into this corner because they decided to bring Anthony Barr back. They decided to pay him a lot of money. Right. And they need him to be but they're worth every penny. But they're saying he's wrong. Sure. The Vikings are saying Rami 100% is wrong. And I could be, have been many times before. But that's what they're banking on that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they are saying that people who are saying what Rami say are full of it. They don't know what they're talking about and that this defense is going to be outstanding. And if it's not there, it's not going to work. No. Because we, because of the cousins expense, we lose sight of the expectation. That offense is supposed to be competent, nothing more. Right. It's not supposed to be great. Right. 
You're supposed to see slightly better than what you saw from Case Keenum in 2017. Absolutely. All right, here's my great disappointment of the 2019 Vikings schedule, and I'm not predicting that this is going to change the game one bit. I want to make sure I give you due time for this. This is going to be just quick and sad, but go ahead. Okay, no, if it's going to be quick, yeah. then, go, then go right ahead. It's going to be quick okay. and sad. Because we got to hit a break in the near future. Um, week 8, Thursday night game, Washington, U.S. Bank Stadium, Cousins primetime against his former team. Supposed to be Case Keenum, right? Mm-hmm. Primetime against his former team. There is no way in week eight, I will take all bets, that Case Keenum is starting. And somebody, who was it, Collar and somebody said to me last week, oh, he'll be starting that game. Daniel Snyder sat in the, the, I read this, Washington had like three draft rooms. One was Snyder. Hold on, what? Washington had like three separate draft rooms. Did they all have fancy digital boards in them? Probably not. Okay. One was, I think, the scouts. One was, one was GM and coach, I, I believe. But the most important one was the Yahoo who owns this team. Daniel Snyder is a complete goofball. And he's the guy who said, we're drafting Dwayne Haskins. Do you really think that Dwayne Haskins is going to get to week eight as a rookie quarterback and not be starting for Jay Gruden? You're absolutely crazy if you think that. Case Keenum has no chance of being the starting quarterback on Thursday night, October 24th. It will be Dwayne Haskins. You would think so. The owner's going to mandate it. He might start if Dwayne Haskins plays well in the preseason. Have you ever seen Daniel Snyder in operation? That little guy runs around like a maniac. (laughs) He's a terrible owner. He he makes Jerry Jones look like John Wooden. (laughs) You think this little guy's going to allow Case Keenum to be starting in Week 8? You're absolutely crazy. If Dwayne Haskins has a good training camp, he will start week one. And I can sure as hell tell you right now that Dwayne Haskins will be starting in week eight. We're not going to get Keenum v. Cousins. By the way, don't did, argue with me. We'll did still you, get Cousins v. Washington, though. Did you see what their, yes, uh, what their GM said in, in response to Dave Gettleman saying he knows that they had, uh, I already forgot the name of the Giants' first-round pick, the quarterback from Duke. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. <laughs> he said he knows that the, the Redskins had Daniel Jones at slotted in their pick in the first round. He said, yeah, I'm pretty sure Dave has no idea what's on our draft board. Well, and I'm going with uh, that guy, Kime, right? John yeah. Kime or something? Yeah. Yes, I'm going with him. I think Dave's another uh, a bit uh, off base here. You think? Oh, my gosh. That, that Giants, it's so sad. The Giants are supposed to be well run. Well, you guys have heard. I mean, I'm okay with them not being well run. That's more games for us to win. Can I just play the uh, Dave Gettleman, the press conference? Please. After? Oh, yeah. Yes. Talking about drafting Daniel Jones, it's priceless. We're thrilled to get Daniel. He was uh, he was up there with everybody else on our board in terms of value, and uh, oh, yeah. he is he's a he is just perfect for us. We really think he's gonna. We really believe in this kid, and we really believe he's gonna be the a nice, um, not a nice, a real quality quarterback for us for our franchise. He doesn't even sound like he believes that himself. And if you saw Pat Shermer sitting next to him, he most certainly does not believe, is not buying what Dave Gettleman is selling. Pat Shermer looked like a guy who knew he was doomed and is just waiting to be fired so he can go home and collect that contract and stop losing. It kind of reminds me of like when they interviewed Phil Jackson after the Knicks drafted Chris Stapps Porzingis. Yeah. Now, KP's turned out to be pretty good, but... It just it just seemed like Phil was not very not, sure about what he had it. just done, right. and it, it seems like the same thing with Dave Gettleman. In retrospect, if the Vikings could have just said to Pat, "We'll pay you really well, just stay here," that poor guy, <laughs> Pat Shermer, who is a who is a first class offensive coordinator, has now had two head coaching opportunities: Cleveland when they were. A dumpster fire, which was mm-hmm. a long period of time, and now the Giants as a dumpster fire. The Giants who have basically become Cleveland. Yeah, they're they're working. He towards went from it. Cleveland to the team that became Cleveland, or the Lions. Yeah, basically, yes. the Lions are contending for that title too. Oh, the Lions are oh, always the new, in the new Cleveland Browns. <laughs> you know, I told you this yesterday. Lions ne- never change. Don't go changing on me. <laughs> it's not because it, I care about the Vikings beating you. It's because something has to be consistent in life. <laughs> And the Giants, or I'm sorry, the Lions are that one consistency. I can go home and put my head on the pillow every night knowing that the Lions are about to bleep things up. (laughs) 
Sports is, needs that, Ronnie. That is something you can put your head down on on your pillow at night and sleep soundly knowing that the Lions are always out there. You got at least one or two wins every season with the Detroit Lions. We're uh, Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500scorenorth.com. Three easy ways for you to listen to us while you're on the go. You can listen uh, on the app, which is available for Apple and Android now. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast there. And the more you listen, the more points you can rack up for potential rewards. Live.scorenorth.com is another way to listen. Or if you have an Amazon Alexa device, just say, Alexa, open Score North. So the draft shook things up a little bit, not shaking things up up too much in the Monday night football booth. We'll talk about that next. It's Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The Score North mobile app. Receive mobile alerts when Minnesota sports news is breaking. You can listen live and on demand with the Score North mobile app. Available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Vikings draw first blood. Purple Daily on Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. The only place where you get Vikings and NFL talk five days a week, Monday through Friday at noon on AM 1500, scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app and on demand at scorenorth.com and streaming our beautiful faces streaming live at Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We made it real easy for you to find us on all outlets at SKOR North. That was a call from Monday Night Football this past year, Judd, and a shakeup in the Monday Night Football this year, but not enough of a shakeup for my liking. I don't know about you. It was announced today that Joe Tessitore will remain play-by-play. They are not replacing Jason Witten. They're going to move Booger McFarland up from the Boogermobile on the sidelines to the booth, and Lisa Salters will be the only sideline reporter for ESPN and Monday Night Football this year. The best news is the Boogermobile is dead, right? Because kinda, that was, I, I didn't, you didn't like that, did I didn't you? like it. for. It was, I was laughing at it. Yes. Not laughing with it. It was like, like a cartoon it, game. It provided entertainment, but not for the reasons they thought it would. So they tried to get Peyton, and... You know, just like Fox did for the Thursday night package a year ago, and Peyton said no, which is to not me, that's, surprising. That's the guy. Oh, right? sure. Is that? But but I think short of getting that guy, this is the right move because when I was growing up, Monday Night Football was a spectacle. It was um, Frank Gifford and Dandy Don Meredith and Howard Cosell. It was as much a spectacle in the booth and on the air as the game itself was, and often the game was really good. But that game in recent years, Rami, has become so underwhelming on a weekly basis. And and because there is such an oversaturation now of sports available on TV, I don't know if it's possible to give a game like that a special fit. No, no, they, they tried. They tried. Michaels, Miller, and what was it, Deerdorf? Um, Who was the third guy in the booth? No, it Dennis Kornheiser had a had a brief stint in there too. That was, there was a yeah. quarter, there was a quarterback, uh, tra- former Chargers quarterback. Who was it? Um, Dan not, Fouts. Dan Fouts. Dan That's Fouts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I don't. Boomer think, was in there too. Boomer Sison. And I think the the smart play now is to understand that the only thing that you can do is basically the game itself. I don't think you're ever going to get back to making it a spectacle again, ever. And so if, if you got Peyton, that would be great. He'd be fantastic. But if you were then going to go out and say, okay, we can't get him, let's get a gimmick guy, I don't think it works. Now, what's, a, gi- what's a gimmick guy in your opinion? Like a comedian, like okay. Cor- like Kornheiser was. When they had Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller was yeah. in the booth for that one season. That's- Do you guys remember the SNL sketch where they spoofed? That yes. whole booth with Dennis Miller and Tracy Morgan and the was, was, was Eric Dickerson on the sideline, and Will Farrell was Dan Fouts just was pointing out absolutely the awesome. most obvious things <laughs> an analyst could possibly point out. It was great. That was so amazing. It was great. But do you think that there's a chance to get back to something that catches pe- people's attention beyond the actual game itself? I don't know if Peyton Manning would be a, a spectacle per no, se. No, he wouldn't be. Because he's, he's kind of a buttoned-up guy, but I think what he does bring is name value. I'm saying don't get goofy, and Peyton would not have been goofy. Peyton would have been good. I don't know if this would be goofy. How about this guy right here? Hello, Nashville. I'm not going to say a single word about the Tennessee Titans record against Uh-oh. the Indianapolis oh, Colts boy. because I was a punter. 
and there's no reason for me to talk about that. With that being said, we did not punt much against the Tennessee Titans, so you probably have no clue who I am to begin with. <laughs> That's Pat McAfee. Oh, he was, and that whole that whole spiel was absolutely hilarious. He was amazing. He was so good. He actually made that that whole routine of of former players and people in the organization coming up and making the announcement of the pick for the teams and later rounds. He. He delivered. He made it worth it. And that's a guy, he's a former punter, as he said, for the Colts. He was with Barstool for a while. Now he sort of ventured off on his own, has his own podcast and, and whole brand going. And I think he's hilarious. And, I, and he's a guy who openly lobbied for the Monday Night Football job on Twitter. He started the, ha- I don't remember what the hashtag was. I think it was McAfee for MNF. Or so. I don't remember what the hashtag was, but he was openly lobbying for that job on Twitter. And I think... He would be great at it. Do you think he would be, though, for, for the long term? Yeah. That whole thing was hilarious at, at the draft, but that's a short thing. I don't know. It's just that that, that booth has, they've tried so hard through the, the years to maintain this. It's a special thing, and it's just not now to me. Partially because the games aren't a big deal now. You know, that that used to be, there was a time. That was the only when that game was your, that wasn't on when, Sunday afternoon. I was going to say, when right. that was your prime time, you had, when I was a kid, you would have, you know, Monday night football, a special Thursday night edition and things like that. But that was your one prime time game. And now you've got Sunday night. You got Monday night. You got Thursday night. And so I get this now. I really do. I get just saying, let's just focus on the game itself and let's try. And the Witten thing to me also drives home the fact that the Romos of the world are so rare. And for the most part, guys who step off the playing field and into a booth need to be put in a booth where they're working the fourth game at CBS or Fox, not the primetime games. Right. You know, just Romo is such an exception. That is so rare. But he is, but that's so rare. That is so rare. And I said before he he got that job, this is risky because if he's not good – Everyone gets to see it. It's a disaster. And Witten was a disaster. And to your point, Peyton, Peyton would have been really, really good too, in a different way from Romo, but Peyton would have been really good to step into that role right away. Too, have you I guys think. seen the spotlight series on ESPN, on ESPN plus? I saw the promo that Manning does for the upcoming one or Peyton's place. Yeah. It looks fantastic. He is really, really now it's different in terms of going back after the fact and breaking down the X's and O's and, and, you know, making that digestible for the average viewer. But he is every bit as good as, as Tony Romo. If he can do what he does in that segment, if he can do that in real time yep. while the game is going on, he's every bit as good as Tony Romo. Now, I will say, I, I, and I've talked about this in different sports. If you're going to get, if you're really going to go outside that box and you really, and you are trying to recreate the, uh, Wheel, so to speak. The one thing that would intrigue me is if you went and got two or three former players and no longer put a premium on play by play. So if you got three, two or three guys that could have a conversation about the game, that might be intriguing if they're really good. So if it's Peyton, basically a sports talk radio show, if it's Romo and Peyton and a defensive guy and they're batting it around and they're playing off what they're seeing on the field, but nobody is focused on the Jim Nance role of it's second and 15 and I got to call this play. That might be intriguing, but I think that's the next step. I think that's the next step is to go to or at least give it a try to allow guys who are good at it. And, and you need one that can get in, in and out of breaks, essentially. Give them an opportunity to actually inform you, have a discussion, but let's not be as fixated on down and distance. You can see that on TV. Those guys have to be really, really, really good, though. Yep. Because oh, they have to be the, the players-only thing on TNT that they, do, that they did on Tuesday nights for NBA games was, whew, that was bad. Players-only? Yeah, yeah where they would where brutal. it would be like Dennis Scott and yeah, and, no, you would need you know, Greg Anthony and Chris Weber or something all on a broadcast, and it's like, oh, this is not great for football. You would need a guy like Peyton Manning. You would need Romo, and you would need a third guy, a former defensive player who's really really good. Yeah, but you you would need somebody to control it. I am just the thing that I get tired of is I don't need constant play by play at this point. Do you guys? 
I mean, it would be weird if it wasn't there. I don't know if I, I don't know if I need it because it actually makes it better or if I need it because that's just what I've grown used to. And it would be weird for me if, if they change. I'd probably get used to it after a while. Yeah. But it would just be something different. I'd be like, this doesn't feel right. This just it, doesn't seem right. It would take a long time for me to adjust to it. We got a tweet from Chad. He says, Brett Favre and Pat McAfee in the Monday Night Football booth. I've heard a lot of people. Brett couldn't do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he a lot of people throw Brett Favre out there, but I, I don't think he's good for a booth, man. He's just too long-winded. The guy that I think would be really good in the right spot, Randy Moss. Yeah. Randy yeah. knows the game backwards and forwards. He can be succinct. Brett, Brett's problem is he wouldn't shut up. Right. I'm not kidding. He would just talk through breaks. <laughs> he would like, just I, keep talking. Come back throw, from break and he's... He just stood talking. <laughs> and listen, as a player talking, I loved it. Fantastic. But that does the, the assumption that because a guy can get up to a podium and spin a yarn and talk a lot does not mean that that person can step into a booth and get the there are some formulaics that you can't ignore. And one is called a break. Brett, do you want to go into the booth and do some broadcasting? You know, uh, yeah, I could. No. Will I do it? I, who knows? Uh, I, I've learned to never say never. The dude will just go on and on. He'll interview himself. You, for like twenty five minutes, you heard I, it? Oh yeah, we I don't know. It. I don't know if there is a. Um, I don't know if it's still out on YouTube, but there was a clip of the year after Brett retired for good, after he was with the Vikings. I think he did like an early season like Southern Miss game or something where he was the color guy. Oh really? And it was not great. It was not good at all. There was, it was only like a five minute clip, but it it was just he looked like he was unprepared for it, and it might have just been. He might have just like literally shown up at the just last minute to do it, but but it was it was not pretty. He wouldn't prep though. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, he, he wouldn't. wouldn't. That's no. not his style. Uh-uh. He no, wouldn't not prep at all. He wouldn't prep. The only way you'd have a fighting chance for it to be a lot of fun is, and I'm not joking here, if he still drank. <laughs> Come on, man. If he still drank, no, yeah, has a problem. <laughs> if he still drank. You know who did? Don't don't tell me. Don't tell me that if you go back and watch the old MNFs with Dandy Don and oh, Cosell. Yeah. Cosell, oh, Cosell yeah. once threw, Cosell was lit up quite once, a bit. Yeah, in Franklin Field in Philadelphia, Cosell once threw up. I think on Dandy Don's shoes. He was so hammered. <laughs> he was so drunk. He got so drunk. He puked on Dandy Don's shoes. Wow, that's that's amazing. So let's say you're going to stay inside the box and not a Pat McAfee type. All right. right. Who is there anybody who you and Peyton Manning is out. He's already turned it down. And Romo's out because Romo's he's, out. All, he's, he's got a job. CBS. I can't who, get who him. Who would you put in the booth? First of all, do you like Joe Tessitore's play by play? I'm okay with him. It's not great. McDonough, Tessitore to me, yeah. they're all the same. Right. It's pretty bland. It's not great. It's not bad. They know um, the names. I thought McDonough was a little better. Boy, you know, I mean, Tessie, I, I just always think boxing with him. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? So it's a little, it's a little odd. Scene. And he's done need, like bowl games and stuff like that too. But I think we need to accept the fact that that franchise now has gone from being the greatest franchise as far as sports TV shows probably out there to an underwhelming mundane event. Mm-hmm. Mundane, not Monday. Um, the here, okay, here's what, here's the guy. That it makes me sick that he is not in more booths consistently. Because I believe that he's the best play-by-play guy across the sports platform right now. And I don't think it's close. Across sports platforms, okay? Not one sport. Doc in hockey is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, Tarico. Mike Tarico should be doing way more. And he's doing hockey now for NBC Sports Network. And he's really, really good. I turned on. He was doing the Masters for Westwood One on Sirius. Okay. It was unbelievable. He's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. How that guy is not on a consistent football franchise, and I'm not talking about pre-post. I'm saying in the booth is a crime. Mike Tirico is the best thing going across sports right now, to me, without a doubt. Not Joe Buck, who I don't hate. Not yeah, Jim, I like Joe Buck. Not Jim Nance. I'm probably the only person in Minnesota that likes Joe Buck, but but I don't hate the, I don't hate Nance I don't hate Buck I think they're good at what they do. Mm-hmm. But if I could start if if you gave me a blank slate and said who do you want to do play by play and guide a broadcast, 
It's Mike DeRigo. I'd like to see Jay Cutler in the Monday Night Football booth. You're higher on Cutler. Chad just sent us a tweet on that. Again, I don't think he'd prepare if, at if all. If you watch Very Cavallari. I, yeah, well, then you. put him. Okay. But you want to put him in the booth with his wife. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I know, I know you. <laughs> yeah. You and I don't see eye to eye on lots of stuff like this, which is fun, which is great. And have like a picture in picture with like a shot on the booth the whole game. It's Jay and Kristen and Joe Tessator. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I know what you would do. You would go way outside that box. Sure, why not? Let's make let's make this oh. a thing again. Let's make Monday make Monday night football great, great again. again. That's my campaign for twenty twenty. Oh. That and hashtag put a roof on it and hashtag robot umpire. <laughs> I think I, your 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 roof obsession annoys me. I think your cutler obsession might annoy me the most though. Really? Because you you like cutler way more than I do. I, I still think he's a dead ass. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I think people misread the guy. I know you do. I think a lot of people misread the you guy. You made compelling cases for him. I just don't see he it. He just doesn't put stock in a lot of the crap, a lot of the meaningless crap that a lot of people in football put stock in, and that rubs you the and that rubs you the wrong way. He might, rubs he a lot might of people be good, Judd, including his preparation. Did you, did you think Romo would be this good? Well, not this quickly. No, no, mm-hmm. but but he ca- he cares deeply. Mm-hmm. Jay would be the opposite. Jay would be like, oh, who cares? It's third down. Yeah, I was in third down. <laughs> Yeah, my wife bores me too. There, yeah, no, that, that's how Jay would be. There is no more symbolic moment of Jay Cutler than when the Dolphins were running that wildcat, that wildcat oh, play, yeah. and he's on the near side of the screen with just his hands on his hips, like split out wide. Yeah, just like he's just like, I don't want to do this. But this again, is stupid. You know what? That's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a snapshot of exactly what I'm talking about with Jay Cutler because. The quarterback is never getting the ball on that play. You can you can act all you want. Everybody on the field knows it. Why am I going to act like this actually matters in this moment? Why? Why? Well, just he so, did a good job of just not so doing it that. looks better on TV. Just so the coach isn't mad at me. I'm not getting. Nobody believes I'm getting the ball here. He didn't. The Jay Cutler, in a nutshell, the the NFC title game against the Packers is him. He got legitimately hurt. But then he what? He came back out there and stood there, right? Yes. What was he supposed which, to do? Which annoyed. But but then the best part was that night when he decided, bleep it, I'm going out. And he's like, went out drinking in Chicago and everybody saw him because he doesn't care. To your point, he does not care. Right. Like he's not trying why to. Why shouldn't I go out and drink? I need to drown my sorrows. My team just lost the NFC title game. Do you really think he cared, though? Yes. See, I don't think he cared. See, I think he. I, I don't think he gave a damn. Don't mistake his. Don't mistake his indifference for things that don't matter for indifference for things that do matter, like winning football games. He was as competitive as anybody. The Bears almost won that game with Caleb Haney quarterbacking yeah, them. Don't remind me. Let's just hit a break and uh, <laughs> then we'll talk to somebody. Way to go, who Manny. Would probably like to remind me about that. Bart Winkler. Oh, from, he will. Uh, the Chuck and Winkler Morning Show on the Fan yeah. in Milwaukee. He'll join us next. It's our tour around the NFC North, continuing and heading to Green Bay right after this on Purple Daily. Score North on fifteen hundred and ScoreNorth.com. It's Purple Daily on Score North. North Memorial Health has over 400 care providers. That's right, more than 400 care providers and more than 6,000 team members that are dedicated to keeping you healthy. North Memorial Health is proud to partner with the Minnesota Vikings as they work to make Minnesota the healthiest in the league. They're more than a team at North Memorial Health. They're your family. At North Memorial Health, customers are treated like family. Your health family is more than a tagline. It's a commitment to delivering unmatched customer service. That means a big smile when you walk in the door. That means making sure your visit is as pleasant as possible. It means asking, what else can we do for you? North Memorial Health will treat you like family in a good way. The people at North Memorial Health will team up with you to help you achieve your best health. So step up your health care game today and find your health family at northmemorial.com slash family. Once again... That's northmemorial.com slash family. Sports talk that leans north. Score north. Minnesota sports. Anytime, anywhere. Scorenorth.com.
Purple Daily on the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Three easy ways to listen to us on the go. The Score North mobile app, available for Apple and Android. The more you listen there, the more points you rack up for potential rewards. You can also listen at live.scorenorth.com or just say Amazon Alexa, or just say Alexa, I guess, open Score North. You don't have to say the Amazon part. I'm Rami. There's Judd Zolgad, Manny Hill on the other side of the glass. And joining me now, joining us now, from uh, The Fan in Milwaukee, co-host of the Chuck and Winkler Morning Show on The Fan in Milwaukee, my good buddy, Bart Winkler. How are you this afternoon, Bart? Hey, guys. Better than I should be. The weather's crummy here, but thankfully we're not going to miss any games on this 10 game. <laughs> uh, hey, Bart, I got to go. <laughs> I got to duck out. Uh, nice talking to you. retractable roof they put in. <laughs> Thank you, Bart. I Thank like you. your football stadium. Not as big a fan of your baseball stadium. Thanks for getting that out there. Lambo's fantastic. <laughs> Lambo is fantastic. I'm not joking you. I love Lambo Field. Why are you in a crummy mood? The Bucks won last night. No, I'm doing good. Everything's going good. pretty good. All right, here. good. Yeah. You said in a tweet that Milwaukee hates you today. Why does Milwaukee hate you today, Bart? Oh, I was crowd shaming the Bucks crowd last night because if you watch all these NBA playoff games. Everybody's on their feet. Everybody's cheering the whole time. And I think the crowd here is very reactionary. Yeah. Where we get loud when something happens, the crowd doesn't, like, motivate the players enough. And then everybody was leaving early last <laughs> night, but whatever. People were leaving early? Well, the Bucks were up, like, 20, so people started darting out with five minutes to go. Beat the traffic, right? Because, because NBA playoff series are so common around here. Well, no, they have to get to the new Mecca Sports Bar and Grill, Bart. There are new attractions Bart, around Bart sounds there. like me in Milwaukee. <laughs> I like this guy. He does. He's like a young Judd Zelgad. He because, really is. Because there's no reason not to show up for work PO'd about something, Bart. That's my motto in life. <laughs> I try to be happy. I really try. Are you happy about the Packers after the draft? Let's move into that. Yeah, the Packers is very interesting this whole offseason because obviously there's the big change of a new head coach. And the more that I look at the team they assemble and they go out in free agency and add to the defense, and then you look at the draft where they add more defense, and it almost looks like this team, this team should be okay and they should be good. They really should be a playoff team. You've got Aaron Rodgers, who presumably will be healthy. I do still like the weapons around him. I think the defense could be very, very interesting, especially up front. But, you know, in the back of my head at least, and I don't know what other people are going to be like, but there's still how much can you really get done in year one with a new head coach. So I like the talent that they're assembling. We're just going to have to see how it works with Rodgers and the new man, Matt LaFleur. Any concern that they didn't add more talent around Aaron Rodgers? I saw people on Twitter, you know, with the gifs and the memes of angry people and indicating that Aaron Rodgers would be upset that they didn't take any wide receivers or, or tight ends to catch footballs from him. Well, the wide receiver thing, I, I know that there were some good wide receivers in the draft, and that wouldn't have been that big of an issue had they got one. I mean, because there were some talented guys that the Packers chose to go defense or offensive line in those positions first couple rounds instead. But the Packers are returning a bunch of guys and guys they like. So Devontae Adams, a very good wide receiver, as we know. Uh, Geronimo Allison has really good rapport with Rodgers, and he's going to be back for a full season. They like uh, Jake Kummerow. They drafted three rookies last year. So the, they've got the numbers, and I think they do like those guys. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about that. I think where there was a lot of discussion – was do you take a tight end with that 12 pick, and do you try to trade up to make sure you can get T.J. Hawkinson or even Noah Fant later on, and both of those guys going ahead of where the Packers were picking. So I think that they're going to be okay in that area. They did draft Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. Uh, then they really like him. He's actually a tight end that gets yards after the catch, which the Packers haven't had here for like seven years. So I'm, I'm not too concerned about the offense because, again, if Rodgers plays up to his ability, I like those weapons around him. They got Dexter Williams running back Notre Dame. I don't know what kind of role he'll play, but they certainly they certainly did upgrade. I just I think that the skill positions that they had already, I think they're pretty comfortable with. So my thought about this team from from this town is is this: I think the coaching change is huge. Uh, I think this offense is, go- is going to come back and be maybe very good. The defense has certainly gotten upgrades. In short, I-, I think this was a two-year period 
uh, for the Packers when, when the opponents in the division had a chance to pounce because it certainly didn't go well, and that's not entirely surprising. But I expect a bounce back from this team in Green Bay that's going to be uh, extremely strong. Do you share that uh, that conviction with me? It, it is hard because you don't really know what to expect, but I think that I think there's a greater chance of them surprising people and being good, like eleven and five good, than there is them laying another egg this season. I think that I like to look a lot at what's their ceiling and what's their floor, and I think even if Rodgers plays poorly. I mean, the floor can't be any worse than seven and nine or eight and eight. And under a first year coach, you think, okay, well, whatever, we'll get it back the next year. But I mean, the ceiling, if everything works for them, I mean, if Rodgers is the Rodgers that used to scare this division, and if this defense, especially up the, uh, on the front seven, they've got a lot of guys, I think, especially free agency in the draft with Mike Pettin, where they're going to disguise more coverages and more blitzes and just be more creative. I mean, there is a very good chance that they do come out top on the NFC North. I think you look at the three teams that you think of right away and then our friends over in Detroit, but this could be a very competitive. Are you sure they're our friends? (laughs) Well, you know what I mean. I prefer to call them stooges right now. I don't want to be too bad on Detroit. The Why not? We had, on the Pistons. We had Rieger on from Detroit yesterday, Barton. He was very hard on them. Yeah, and go he's, right he's in Detroit, so feel free. It's Detroit. Let's be as hard as possible on them. Are they? Was that guy optimistic or no? No. Not, <laughs> not at all. No. You killed him. That's a shame. Where are you guys on the Vikings? Because I think the team is good, but the quarterback is... Is bad. I had him at nine and seven when the schedule first came out, Bart, and after the draft because I like what the Broncos did so much and don't think the Vikings really improved all that much. I I maybe moved him back to eight and eight and have him losing against the Broncos in week eleven. Oh, so that was your big story today? The Vikings might lose to the Broncos in week eleven. Yes, that was Rami's okay. hot take. <laughs> The hot take of the day from Rami McLeod. I can't just was, say put a roof on it for four hours well, a day, Bart. I have to have other he, takes. He tries, Bart. <laughs> so you guys sure that an hour Viking show is a good idea in the middle of May? Oh, are you kidding? We could do two hours of Vikings we did, content today. We, we, did did it two, we did do two hours yesterday, actually, Bart. Let me let me. Well, you replay one half one half hour four times. Whoa. Rami's an entertaining guy, Bart, okay? <laughs> Two hours of original content. Let me ask you this. <laughs> he laughed at that one. <laughs> you like that one? Bart knows me. He knows that's not true. <laughs> Leading up to the draft, there was plenty of drama in Greed Bay surrounding Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, the whole Ty Dunn story. I don't need to retell it to you. What, what was your take on all that? Because I know a lot of people in Packer Nation were saying, this is much ado about nothing and two guys who only open their mouth when they have something to say about Aaron Rodgers and there's publicity to be gained from it. Uh, can I make a political joke on here or no? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this whole Ty Dunn article from Bleacher Report, it's, it is like the, the Mueller report, you know? It's like he tells us all these things. We already knew that, though. Like, we already knew Rodgers had problems with teammates. We already knew that him and Mike McCarthy – didn't like each other. I mean, we are, we already knew there's video examples of some of the stuff that Ty Dunn mentioned in his article. And I think what a lot of people say is, well, you know, guys, uh, I think that, I think that uh, somewhere there's truth on one side and truth on the other. And I think that the real truth lies in the middle. Okay. I actually think the truth lies closer to what the article has to say. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, that whole infighting of who's smarter. I mean, it, it set the team back, especially last year. Two years ago, he had that collarbone injury, uh, thanks to the Vikings. And then last year, I mean, there was no reason that team didn't make the playoffs last year. Aaron Rodgers was healthy throughout most of the year. And even though he, oh, magically told us that his knee was all messed up <laughs> two days after the article came out, like he was saving that in his back pocket for when he needed the sympathy. Hey, Bart. What- you know, I, he was still good enough to win games, and the Packers just didn't do it. So Bart, what, I, I what's think the, that it will blow over with a new coach, but I wasn't surprised by any of it. What's the fatigue there with with, uh, with Packer fans in that town and the quarterback? I think what happens is that the Packer fans, fatigue's a good word, 
and will get fatigued with someone until they're gone. Yep. And so it was Ted Thompson for a long time, and then it was Mike McCarthy. There is sort of a fatigue with Rodgers that winning can erase at any time. And I think where a lot of the fatigue is right now is on the team president, Mark Murphy, who throughout Rodgers' whole career was pretty silent. You never heard from him. And then in the last two years, he's taken over like a Jerry Jones role. So there can be fatigue on Rodgers. I mean, to talk about Rodgers in this article and his relationship and his girlfriends and his brothers, that kind of stuff, nobody wants to hear that. And as much as you can downplay Rodgers and his importance and all that, as soon as they win, that all goes away. I think if there's a a so-called villain with the team right now, it's the team president who, again, has made himself like a centerpiece of the team. That's Bart Winkler. He's on uh, the fan in Milwaukee, host of the Chuck and Winkler Morning Show. Very fun follow on Twitter, no matter who you're a fan of. It's uh, at Winks. Thanks, Bart. Thanks for doing it. I miss your stupid face, and go Bucks. Later, guys. Happy to be on. It's not a stupid face, Bart. I'm sure of that. (laughs) Thanks, Bart. No, he's right. It is. All right. Bye. See ya. (laughs) Have you seen his face? I'm going to Google it right now. (laughs) What's his last name? Winkler. Bart Winkler. He's at Winkstinks on Twitter. That's probably the easiest way to follow him. And he really is a very, very funny, very funny Twitter follow. I actually kind of was inspired by a campaign of his with my Put a Roof on It campaign. He had a hilarious bit going, still going, of uh, what's your favorite Bradley Center moment because there were none when the Bradley Center was up. Who does he like, sound? Nothing good who, happened there. Who does Bart sound like? There, there's a celebrity that Bart, that Bart sounds like, I but I can't place I it. I never heard it. I worked with him for years. And right. never, I never can't place it. it. I don't know. Manny, any ideas who Bart sounds like? I was tr- I was actually thinking the same thing when he was talking. I was like, who does he sound he's like? He's got that I don't give a damn sound that sounds like a celebrity, but oh yeah, oh he's a young guy. I thought he was like 74 years old. <laughs> he's young. He's probably like 30-something. <laughs> if you missed any of this show or want he's to check out really old, any of our Vikings programming, check out Score North Vikings wherever you download podcasts. Or just go get that Score North mobile app. It's a Score North Twins show coming up next. Eric Whit- Wetmore will hop in the studio with Judd and myself. Next, right here, Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.